0: Hello and welcome to episode 153. Yay! I am thrilled to have my good friend Carolyn Morata on the podcast today. Welcome Carolyn. Hi, thanks so much for having me. You are so welcome. So <laughs> we are I've been thinking about having you on the podcast for you know quite some time, and then here we are today. It's happening. We don't need to hear you know to rehash the long saga. <laughs> but I am so happy to reconnect with you right now and have you on the podcast. And I just want to start off by saying how we met. And I was thinking that you actually. So we met when I was in nutritional therapy school in 2017, and you had already graduated, right? Yes. You were a group yeah. group leader. Okay. Yes. So. Um, so, so both of us went to the nutritional therapy association, um, and what, did you go in 2016 or were you earlier?
1: It was 2015 because I was pregnant. So I was pregnant with my third pretty much the entire time I was studying. And then like during my daughter was born between two group group, like weekends, like the, the in-person Parts like she I was here that That's one, so and then like, had a baby with me at the next one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: God. So, well, okay. So, I kind of jumped the gun. I just realized for that, like, one of the reasons that I want to have you in this podcast is because I think you are so awesome and you're so smart and you're just so open. And I have just had such positive experiences with you but you have a really interesting journey into um like your like how you got into nutrition and then how now you are a farmer and so like you live in Pennsylvania and I've been at your farm and years ago but anyway so i'm super excited about having this conversation about hearing about your journey and then your like what how you are evolving through this and like how you are engaging with yourself and with your family and with your community and um and helping connect people with food and with nature and um all of that, so we're gonna get into that but so so you were I cannot believe that you were pregnant with your third child and yeah. <laughs> that is wild, so it's so funny because that um you know I have my master's and and do you do you have a graduate degree too? I have a no, bachelor's, yeah. You have a bachelor's. But yeah. I felt like that program was so intense. It was like it, it was it was way I mean I was like this is yes. <laughs>
1: it, I don't know how I made that happen. But I guess just to tell you like, kind of my origin story of yeah, let's hear um, nutrition it. nutrition was uh my Brother-in-law was doing paleo and like recommended Mark Sisson's book, who I met by the way. I like put my arm around him at Paleo FX in like 2016, I think, and took a picture. It was like my like one That's so funny. I know. It was amazing. Well, just in case my <clears throat> friend we're like who the heck is Mark Sisson? Don't worry about it. But anyway, um I got into that is how I started learning about food
0: was through paleo. And then well, What if, what is paleo though? Just in case anyone who's listening oh. has no idea. I feel like nobody really talks about paleo anymore,
1: but it's really just, it's really just about eating whole, you know, real food, um, healthy fats like butter and olive oil and, um, fish oils, um, really talk paleo. I think introduced me to the concept of the quality of your food and like where your food comes from, not just like, and, and opened my eyes to conventional farming versus like buying from a local farmer or, you know, grass fed, um, organic, uh, even beyond organic, which is how we farm, which we'll, we'll talk about um, and just the quality of our food. So paleo is at its origins, no grains. I'm going to have to remember all the rules, no grains, no dairy. Right. And it's just like, it's just whole vegetables, fruit, meat, eggs um and you know healthy fats so it takes out a lot of the inflammatory foods like uh gluten highly inflammatory seed oils um like soybean oil and uh things like that um and just focuses on really nutrient dense wholesome rich food is that yeah. it love there, it you? yeah so okay. you
0: learned about that and then and then what happened so you're learning and- about, and you were kind of like, oh, this is interesting, like way to think about engaging with food and nourishing yourself. Yeah.
1: And then my husband and I just started getting really mad at all the lies we've been told about what's healthy and what's not when it comes, especially when it comes to nutrition. Um, we had a two-year-old at the time, my son. And so we're like, we need to start growing our own food. Like we need to take responsibility and like take action and really like not only vote with our dollars. So we started going to farmer's market. We started going to local farmers to get raw milk, to get meat um, and eggs Um, and then we started growing food in our backyard. So I started with like a couple of vegetable beds. And then when my husband got involved, that's when things like really took off. He like added these huge beds and we lived in a burrow. And so our backyard was really small, but half of it was vegetables. And we had like a raspberry patch and like herbs everywhere. Um, and so, yeah, that's really where it all started was we just started getting like fed up with not having good information about what food makes you feel good and healthy but
0: how did you but this is interesting though how did you is it because you started it was like after the conference that you learned about this like like how did you become fed up do you know what i mean like if you were, you were saying you were you were angry at the lie li- lies or however you phrased it like how did you know that there were lies happening
1: well you what I mean once you start learning about food, you learn about how like the food pyramid's upside down. It's like healthy food is not whole is not cereal, whole grain cereal and like low fat milk like that's not going to nourish your body right like all of the nutrients are found in the fat that comes from oh, like- in raw dairy like your your fat soluble vitamins are in the cream, and so when you take that out you're If you have to then fortify milk with vitamin D and, um, and other vitamins. And, and so we're like, that sounds illogical. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this in our food system? So we were watching documentaries. We were starting to read books, um, and just learning about the food, our food supply and, um, and like the mainstream nutrition advice and how, how much, is wrong
0: about that. Gotcha. Okay. And, and just to also, this is, so you were also pregnant with your third full-time work and going to school.
1: Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Looking back, I don't know how I even did it, but I still showered every day and got eight <laughs> hours of
0: sleep. So <laughs> you got eight hours of sleep and showered yeah. and what with two. Small- he- okay.
1: Because my husband like supports me in everything I do. And I was just really regimented with my time. So like getting home from work, making sure everybody was fed and then spending a couple hours, three hours before going to sleep, before helping with bedtime, studying and just doing that every day. Um, But being very committed to managing my time. And also my husband just did a lot during that time. So. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. So so then you became a nutritional therapy practitioner and that's how we met when I was yep. a student and you had been doing it. And so what was that time? So this is, you know, 2015-16-17, maybe a little beyond like so can you just share a little bit about like how you were engaging with that work and with yourself and with your family and like working with clients or what yeah. I think you did that for a bit?
1: I did. Yeah, I did. So I started a practice. It was called Ancestral Approach. Do you remember? Yes, I I totally remember. My logo was a a tree that had different food in it, like a piece of salmon and an apple and like broccoli and stuff. Um, And I saw clients one-on-one. I also taught restart classes for a long time. So that's like sugar detox uh, class. Um, which I really loved the group classes and, um, I didn't love the one-on-one coaching, like the one-on-one coaching I found after a while just wasn't my thing. Uh, I didn't, I, it was, it's just really hard to help people through changing habits, especially when it comes to food. So, um, I felt like I was able to accomplish more of that through a gr- an organized group class but throughout that, I mean, yeah, like my, my family's diet, my kids, um, we've always just like fed them what we eat, um, vegetables, meats, and, um, you know, whole, all whole foods as much as possible. We're by no means perfect. Like we get the, we get pizza takeout still to this day. And even throughout, throughout that time, but just focusing more on getting, getting in as much quality food as possible. Um, and even like now, you know, my kids, my one daughter's, tells the doctor her veg her favorite vegetable is little cabbages, which is Brussels sprouts. So <laughs> that's the cutest thing. Yeah. Little cabbages. Little cabbages. She's like, do you mean Brussels sprouts? Yes. So yeah. So I don't know. I mean, um, I had my practice for, I had my practice open for a couple of years. Um, and then, uh, tragically my husband's mom passed away. Um, and he sort of had like a YOLO, she was very young and he had sort of a, like a little bit of a crisis, like life's too short We're we wanted to get backyard chickens. Um, we couldn't do it in the borough that we were living in. It just was against their rules. And so he was like, we're looking for a farm. And he found this property dreamland, um, in 2017. Um, I think his mom passed away in, um, August. We moved in here in November that year, and um we just were like, we're starting a farm. We're gonna grow as much food as possible for ourselves, for our community. And so I had to move my nutrition practice from Lansdale um if Pennsylvania you're- Pennsylvania to Coopersburg, yeah. Pennsylvania, which is in Lehigh Valley. So it was about a forty five minute move um between towns. So not too far, but definitely a whole new community all new connections <laughs> to establish and just getting the farm kind of set up. So that's how we ended
0: up here. So wait, was dream? Cause, cause when I was there, I I think I've, I've been there a couple times, but yeah. when I was there, so did you buy the property and it already had the sign dreamland? Yeah, exactly. So Maybe cool. I knew that and I forgot because um. I remember driving up and there was the sign like dream. What does it say again? Just, Dreamland. There was a, just dreamland right yeah and i was i just remember it was so magical and just beautiful and i was like dreamland <laughs> i mean i knew that that was what you know the what it was called because you had told us so there was like a group of us going to hang out but um so that is so so pe- who used the property before was it people who were uh, doing
1: farming? no
0: nope not at all it this prop we
1: found out um, last year, we actually met a woman who lived here as a child with her family when it was a farm when her family was farming it, her parents had um this was probably sixty years ago. Her family had an orchard and a potato farm. they had horses here but the pre the previous owners right before we bought the property um were the um husband was a piano repair technician. And the wife had an Etsy shop. She actually, this, my studio, my office now was an Etsy shop. Uh, so, um, and then the, the property was, uh, or the, the outbuildings were used for this piano repair business. And the, so the guy just liked working with wood. And I don't know, I actually never asked him. And I still stay in touch with the owner, uh, the previous owner. I never asked him where the Dreamland sign came from, like what, how that came about. I should probably send him a message and, and ask him
0: that. I want to, we need to find out. Yeah. Like what a beautiful name and proper and energy of a property to come on to because I mean, that's yeah. just like, I actually, do you remember one of the times that I visited and we were like, and I talk about this all the time on the podcast and with my clients, just that, um, you know, there's different ways you can talk about what if, you know, it's like there's the, the kind of like, like the what if of going like, you know, like the, you know, anxiety ridden what if. But then there's the what if of like expansiveness and possibility. Do you remember standing like, remember, remember standing
1: that the sun? It was freezing cold. I think there was snow uh-huh. on the and we were and the sun was so warm and we were standing with our arms up to the sky. Like what if? like how good can it get? What if?
0: like what if yeah what if? yeah <laughs> and that's on dreamland farm yeah yes. that's amazing yes yeah yeah i i just i love that so so then you just over time you you decided to move away from the nutrition practice yes. and well, just really focus on and how did you decide like wh- how, like what came about with that like what was that evolution for you to make that decision and that change?
1: Yeah, my husband also works full-time. So we both have full-time jobs and three kids and we were trying to like run a farm business. So, and I had a nutrition practice. So like, that just sounds ridiculous when you list all that stuff out. And that's kind of like what ended up happening. Like something had to go for us to maintain our sanity. So that was the nutrition practice. So I was just like, you know what? This isn't really... I wasn't really feeling it anymore. Like I said, I think one-on-one coaching was tough. Um, I built a, I built a good practice. I was, you know, I was seeing a lot of clients. I was busy. I had partnerships. Um, but it was just, it was just too much. And the farm meant more than the nutrition practice. So, and Ken, you know, wanted to have some help as well, he was at the time he was working full time, but also doing farmers markets every week. So it was just a, a big commitment, and um, need yeah, just something had to go. So that's kind of that's where we landed. Um, and then most recently, I think I shared with you I quit my full time job a couple weeks ago. So I'm going part time. Hope maybe I'm going part-time in January. It might not work out, but um either way, the farm's gonna be a much bigger um deal.
0: Congratulations. (laughs) Yes.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So excited. So excited. So yeah, so that's how that landed. Um, but it has been, it has been definitely a labor of love. And the farm had the farm business has has transformed over the last six seasons. So we started out doing weekly um uh farmers markets and then when that became too much we went down to um just doing farmers markets at our house so packing up and bringing food to a market is a lot of work um and a lot of product goes to waste when farmers do that and the whole purpose of us getting into this like our driving force was to do this for our family And for our, for our community, but, but for us, right. Like we want to make sure that we're getting good quality nutrition. And so it was kind of starting to distract from our original intent. And I remember one day my husband and I were out in the field and he, we were just having a heart to heart about it. I'm like, you know, this is, this is us. Like, this is our thing. Like we don't have to do a market. We can make this work for us. Like we don't have to you know, we don't have to do what every other farmer is doing and going to farmer's markets. Like we can make it however we want to make it and make it work. So we decided to start selling just from the house, um, which just eliminated a frustration of, um, or an inconvenience of having to pack stuff up and go to a market. And then last year we decided we were not going to do a farm, the weekly um, uh, membership this year in 2023 and we um, we were planning on not selling any vegetables, but then once we started getting stuff planted and realizing we were going to have a lot of food, we decided to sell once a month. So this year we sold once a month, um, which was great. It, it worked out. And then, but now um, going into 2024 with me leaving my job, I'll be will have you know I'll have more time to dedicate to it. So we're going back to weekly memberships in 2024. So
0: that's exciting. That's so exciting. And I just have a question when I just, you know, can you paint a picture in our minds for people who, you know, haven't seen your farm? Because when often people think farm and they just think, well, I mean, I'm from Minnesota, you know, I just think like tractors and like acres and acres of land. And you know (laughs) what I mean? So can you just give paint a picture of um, your property and the farm?
1: yeah, so we farm on a very small scale, so a lot of the uh, USDA forms that we have to fill out every season don't even really apply to us because we're so small. We have we're on le- we grow on less than a quarter of an acre. Uh, we practice um, no dig. Uh, sort of permaculture farming, so we don't use a tractor, we use a tractor to move mulch and compost, but we never drive the tractor on the field, so everything that we do is by hand. Um, and the the reason why we do it that way is because it's actually it helps with um, creating healthy soil, so we're all about growing healthy vegetables, but, um, in order to do that, you have to have healthy soil. So everything that we do is adding more organic matter and more biodiversity into the soil so that we can grow healthy vegetables. So we don't, we don't grow veggies. We grow healthy soil. Um, and so in order to do that, we are always, we're applying compost. We're using some cover crops occasionally. Um, We, and we're, um, doing high, uh, um, intensity rotations so that there's always some sort of plant, um, or vegetable or crop in the beds. So the soil's covered most of the season, most of the year. Um, and when we're harvesting, we are cutting the crops out and not pulling the roots out of the ground. So in doing that, we're leaving all of the, the roots in the ground so that the um, microorganisms and fungal networks can stay intact and feed the soil. Uh, so it's a little bit more um, hand uh, hands-on, so to speak, than like, you know, driving a tractor over a field and harvesting a bunch of, bunch of stuff. Um, but we do it this way because we feel like it's the most... Uh, most efficient for us on a small scale. And, um, the, it's, it's a good way for, like I said, building healthy soil and, um, um, doing things sort of as nature intended.
0: Mm-hmm. I, this is so fascinating. Okay. Um, Cause my mind is like, oh my gosh, there's so many different directions we could go with this conversation. Cause I, <laughs> I mean, maybe we need to save a hell we need because the soil, like I, I think so many people don't understand how, why that's important um, and how that really, you know, but, but I- <laughs> so, you know, I just want to acknowledge that. And um, yeah it's just, it's, it's so fascinating. And, and I have, I mean, cause I'm, you know, don't, I live in New York city and I go to the farmer's market and that's my connection to the farmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Besides you, my farmer friend, but, um but yeah, it's really interesting. I forgot. I was like a few years ago. There's this art, there's this article, uh, there's this book on soy. I, I mean, I can't even remember it that I have in my um, bookshelf. And once I started learning about, um, soil and just how important it is in agriculture, it was so intense. I'm like, I can't, I can't even go yeah. down that rabbit hole because it's just not my life's purpose right now. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> It was so like how
1: anyway. So yeah. it's important. There's not a lot of, um, uh, harvests left in the United States. Like if we look, I think I want to, yeah, I'm trying to remember what the actual stat is, but I think it's like 20 ha- seasons left of soil in the U S or it's like a terrifying number. Of, what does that mean? What do you mean? 20 seasons like, left? there's only like 20 seasons of, um, harvesting, like planting and harvesting because, uh, because the soil has become so depleted on our farmlands, um, that like 20 like, years,
0: basically, yeah. 20 years we're screwed. Correct. Uh, it might
1: not be 20 years. It could be like 30, but it's like a terrifying, like in our lifetime, we are going to face some sort of crisis. And what does that
0: mean? Just like the carrots will have no nutrients because there's the soil is just been so depleted.
1: Yeah. Or, or we just won't really be able to plant like there won't be. A, we won't oh my re- God. This is too much. <laughs> I know. I know. So- Again, there's a lot of farmers that are doing things. There's like Joel Saladin, who's using like regenerative farming, and um, you know, there's lots of farmers that are working on um ways to make farming more sustainable. Um okay. because yeah. the current practice of like a big field of corn that is just planted corn and soy and you know, um cover crop year after year is not sustainable for. Um, the earth? Yeah. for the earth, for the earth. Right. <laughs> so that's why we do, we do things on a small scale. So most of our yeah. beds are only 25 feet long by two and a half feet wide. We have um, one high tunnel, which is essentially a greenhouse that's not heated, uh, but it's all plastic. So we can extend our growing season. We have four 100 foot or 50 foot beds, sorry, um, in our high tunnel. So we can start tomatoes earlier in the season um, and we can extend with growing like spinach and other like winter crops inside in the tunnel um, through the cooler months, through the winter. So, and then um, also on the farm, we have chickens um, and next year we're looking into doing meat rabbits. So what
0: a meat rabbit. Yes. (laughs) What's that? Like a bunny, like a a A rabbit. But wait, why why call it a meat rabbit versus just a rabbit?
1: Well, because you you like process them for meat.
0: Oh, oh, interesting. Versus like a little butt, like a like a pet rabbit. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So question about like you had you guys are just learning as you go right you you no one who's coming from a farming background or agriculture understanding you're literally just reading books maybe watching youtube talking to people and just experimenting and that's kind of what you have to do right yeah we're just um can i curse yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, can i so what'd you say i said "Can can i curse Oh, oh, I thought, oh my gosh. Um, sure, sure. I'll just put, I'll just, I'll just say, I mean, I, I will just say that it's, I'll
1: just, I'll bleep myself. I was just going to say we're effing around and finding out like, that's what we're doing. We're just, we're just learning as we go. But also my husband's does a ton of research. I, you know, I'm always reading and, um, looking up different ways of doing things, but, um, I also just like to experiment. So I like to just kind of figure it out like I try different things I um I try to do things like my own way um and then I like try not to get hung up on what's right and what's wrong and just like put seeds in the ground and see what happens so
0: so how has this whole process over the past like six or seven years you guys are experimenting and and just trying things out um like how has this changed you Mm, wow!
1: I didn't know there was going to be such a deep question. Um, how has this changed me? It's definitely um, making me making made me <laughs> more sorry, <laughs> made me more humble. Um, it's also helped me really connect with my life purpose in a big way um plants are my therapy nature is my therapy being outside is like where i want to be so i have been in a corporate career for 20 years and it's like soul crushing so just being on this property and being able to do this work has bringing me has oh my gosh why am i saying it's okay it's, okay it's okay
0: it's, it's bringing you
1: it's bringing me to a, it's bringing me to where i want to be so like yeah. it, it, it's really just um yeah,
0: that's it. I don't know. So so why why you use the word humble? What does that mean for you? What is yeah, what does that mean?
1: It's more it to me it's like realizing what's important in life, right? Like through growing food, through like understanding the cycles of nature and um seeing how hard it is to run a business that is dependent on the weather is very humbling (laughs) because you don't know what to expect every year. The weather is so unpredictable lately. So it's like, once you feel like, you know, you how to handle a situation or how to handle a season, how to plan for a season, all of a sudden there's a drought in the spring when there's never been a drought. And you're like, okay, like now I got to figure this out. So it's always, it's always keeping me like keeping us learning how to pivot and, and navigate the changing seasons um, and the changing climate. So I feel like that's, that's really, that's been really big. Um, and then even through my kids, like the, we live in a, in a, um, in a rural area, but not a lot of their friends even know what like have been on a farm which is kind of strange. Like, you you know, you talk about being in the city and being disconnected from farming, but even in a farming community, there are, are people that have never stepped foot on a farm. So, and I think that's, yeah, I, I want, like my, our mission here is to help people create embodied relationships with the earth and to get back to nature. And so just kind of spreading that, um spreading that word and, and helping people understand that, um, where their food comes from, how it's grown, how there's different ways of farming. It's not just cornfields and wheat fields. Um, that's, that's what we're doing.
0: So what does it mean to help? You know, you said that it's humbling and it's helped you learn your life's purpose. And, you know, wanting to help people create embodied relationships with the earth and and helping people get back to nature. What does that mean to create an embodied relationship with the earth?
1: I think it's multi, it's multifaceted. So one of or I guess to explain some of the ways that we're doing that um is teaching about uh, I am in this year and next year or this year we started for a four series classes of classes so um we're teaching about herbs through the seasons, so connecting with the season um and how sick the cyclical nature of the the seasons, especially in the northeast, um, we see it on of course in um uh in the, the changing seasons, we have changing seasons here. Um, some parts of the country don't, but, uh, so it's very apparent, but like really connecting with what that means, um, and dis and helping people understand, um, how hustling every day or throughout the year is not normal. Like there, there should be cycles of, Um, how we're using our energy, um, the types of food that we're eating throughout the seasons, uh, things like that. Um, So that we're, um, I'm teaching through a series grounded in herbs, um, which is a seasonal series. We're also teaching gardening classes. So um, targeted for folks that are doing backyard gardens. So helping people um, take ownership uh, or take, uh, helping them to build their toolkit when it comes to growing their own food in their backyard and how easy that can be. Um, we're also teaching uh, kids classes. So getting them started young. So they're nature-based classes outside um, where we're learning about different things, every at different pieces, parts of nature every month um, and having some fun. And then we do uh, volunteer days to have folks come out to the farm and experience what it is like, um, running a farmstead, uh, raising animals, um, and, uh, kind of just bringing people back to the earth. So. So. That's it in a nutshell.
0: The, and, and, and all your classes are in person. Well, yep. Yeah. Okay. So are people, dr- how are people dr- Is it mostly people in Coopersburg, Pennsylvania, or is it people driving? Like, how are you getting the word out? How are people learning?
1: Uh we post a, well everything's posted online. Um and we've had people come. Most people are from PA. So there's a lot of locals um for sure. So in our local community, but uh I advertise on um Facebook, uh Eventbrite, and of course our website. And this year was the first year we started doing these classes. So, but we've had people come from about an hour away, um, like even out in Lancaster. So it's uh so that's really cool. Um so, yeah, we'll see
0: what happens in 2024. I don't know. <laughs> <No> <laughs> what, if? We're what, if? what if? What We're if? Opening we get... up our hearts and our energy to what if? What First if people bring it up, baby? <laughs> yeah, bring a bus, bring a bus down from New York <laughs> to the farm. Oh my God, <laughs> seriously. So, it's interesting that you said, um, uh, I can't remember exactly how you phrase it, but just acknowledging that, that, um, you like you use the word hustle you know and that um, and that like can you just explain a little can we just like touch upon that again because i I think that's so important and how like the changing of the seasons um is so impactful and we are part of nature obviously um and how we can really lose touch and and disconnect unfortunately and And always put that pressure on ourselves to always be doing things and then feeling guilty if we're not, I mean, you know, not everyone feels that way, but a lot of us do. So, so can you just explain that just like how that helps us with the nature connection just to recognize that everything is ebbing and flowing. Maybe I just answered it. But you know what I'm saying? I want to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, you
1: did. You totally <laughs> summed it up. Yeah. but I think the hustle, the hustle culture is like real. Like it's a it's so real. And I've been so close to that with my like corporate career. And people are burnt out. Like I see it every day. I work my day job is human resources. So I have like a front row seat to Employee like concerns. And I've never worked anywhere in 20 years where people are like truly ex- happy with having to come to work and having to work extra hours. And it doesn't stop, right? Um, everywhere I go, people are waiting for the weekend. They're pushing themselves. They're working overtime. They're missing out on like, time with their kids and not everyone, right? Like I'm totally generalizing, but it's definitely a real thing. And I think that level of excelling and pushing and working and not taking a break is just not sustainable. And when we can see through nature, how, um, In the winter, it's quiet and it should be quiet. We shouldn't be jumping on the treadmill on January 1st to meet our New Year's resolution. That's not the time to do it. Like January and February are times to rest, December, time to rest, time to dream, time to celebrate with your family, time time for rituals. It's time for um, chilling out right like and it's it's times for it that's a time to plan and to um hibernate like uh, the bears are hibernating the squirrels are they have stored away all their nuts for the the winter they're they're resting like but we don't have that time in our culture we don't have a time for rest we're constantly moving we're constantly pushing and and um trying to do more so that's what it's really about
0: it's so interesting. I was just talking to someone the other day and they said they were kind of, they were like, why am I so hungry when it gets like cooler and like in the fall? And it was literally that. And I was like, well, I think as our body is just going into like the, it's darker now. It's like getting in New York. What time was it? You know, when, whatever, when is it getting dark for 5 p.m. Oh, at this God, point, I it's going to get shorter and shorter. And like our bodies just want to, yeah, it's just a different experience and and it was I mean, we had just such a brief little conversation about that, but um, but that was very telling because it's like we we not ta- well i i don't know it was it was a it was a it was just an interesting like she wasn't she was unclear about why this was happening, you know, and just kind of curious, but kind of just moved on, and in my mind, I just you know it had that little exchange with her, but I was thinking kind of what we're talking about, like how there's no, there's nothing wrong with that disconnect. It's kind of what we're like, what we are raised with. Like that's kind of like, we don't know any different in a way, but it's also like the more that we can be exposed to and have conversations about, I think about, you know, deepening our connection with ourselves, with others and with the earth, then I think just, I think that can be really healing and grounding. And I, I, you know, you've kind of answered this, but I just want to ask, ask this question in a different way. Um, What? Well, I guess two questions you can answer both or, or either um, or one, um, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So, So what, what has, nature taught you? And I know you've kind of already talked about this, but just being super specific and, or like, how have you found healing through nature?
1: Um, nature has taught me to slow down and be present. That is a big lesson because you have to, especially when you're growing food or when you're trying to learn about a new herb, you can't rush the process. Nature doesn't rush. Nature is not rushing. Nature's taking its time. When you plant a seed, you just have to wait for it to, to pop up out of the ground. You, you can't change that. and so i think that's that has been a big lesson for me especially growing up in north jersey <laughs> and being part of like the east coast is is a really fast paced place right and so i've just i've learned that and um nature's taught me to just slow down and be present and um and be aware of your surroundings um uh, and i think that in that awareness um, there's a lot of intuition there. Uh, when you can be quiet in nature, when you can just sit with a plant, um, you can learn a lot. <laughs> and I know that sound that could sound very silly and like weird to a lot of people, but if you could just find time to sit in front of a rose bush, like whatever plant you have around you, even your house plants, and quiet your mind and really connect. Um there's there's messages there. There's intuition there. There's uh
0: I don't know. It's my therapy. What do you mean there's messages or intuition? What does that mean?
1: So I think um I don't know. For example, so so I'm going to just get like real woo woo with you for a second, but like learning the language of plants is can be really magical. So, I've sat um with with plants where I've heard messages of, you know, um encouraging words, um learning uh about myself, um and just hearing hearing from hearing from your your higher self um, through plants. Um, so I don't know. I know we're getting, we might be getting a little off topic here, but I think it's, there's a lot, there's a lot there.
0: Well, first of all, this is so on topic. Because... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I felt like I was getting weird. No, I mean, I, you know, I love this. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't, well, it's interesting because my mom, she is a gardener and flowers. So my whole life you know, my dad had a vegetable garden in our backyard um, and then my mom had the flower garden and, but she has kept, I mean, my dad died 10 years ago, but she has, she is such a gardener and it's so, I'm not, I mean, I, even if I had a house and a, a yard, I don't know if I would, I think I would be more into herbs. That's my vibe. Yeah. I, you know, but, um, but I, I. I know how healing it is for my mom is like adorably, beautifully, um, energetically and spiritually, you know, obsessed with, with her plants. And, you know, it's like, it is, it is literally life giving to her. And, um, but I, you know, so, and I think people who, who do engage with, plants, whatever they are, I'm sure can relate to you. And maybe some don't, you know, and that's fine. Maybe they, you know, but I, that's so interesting because I have, I've never, you know, I have a bunch of plants in my apartment and my apartment, um, I'm so grateful for my apartment. I love my apartment, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have that much light. Um, so it's, you know, there's, I only have like two windows where i can put some plants and then otherwise i mean i have anyway there's darker you know i I, i'm able to keep plants alive and i have a lot of plants but it's interesting to sit with a plant you're saying like even like a house plant um i kind of make brings tears to my eyes i have this aloe plant that i literally got at trader joe's like two years ago amazing and it is effing thriving like a mofo. It is, it is like, and I've used it when I've had like a burn or whatever, you know, like I've used it, but it just, it's growing it's in my kitchen windowsill uh, or the kitchen window. And it's interesting. I wonder if I, yeah, maybe I should just hang out with the elephant. Hang out, like meditate, (laughs) meditate,
1: sit in front of, like put it in front of you during your next meditation. You do yoga, like bring it with you next to your yoga mat and like see, and it's not just about like using plants, right? Like it's a give and a take, like we are part of nature. So we're partnering with our plant allies. Um, and it's not just about like what your aloe plants. So, so lovely and helped with your burn. Like, so after you, you take a snip of your aloe and you use it for your burn, give your aloe some, some water, say, thank you. Like are they know it's like, they know, they know that they're, they're there for you, but you got to be there for them too. But if you, I mean, even if you just pull your aloe plant next to you during your next yoga sesh and like, just like, Hey buddy, like let's, let's hang out. Like what messages do you have for me today? You know, you'll be surprised what aloe will tell you. Maybe it'll be like, Hey man, like you need to rest. You need to, um, like soothe your mind. Like, I don't know. What are the messages from aloe? Like it could be, it could be anything. I don't know. I've had, yeah. I've had like for especially foraging. Like we, I, you know, I grow a lot of herbs, but we also have about nine acres here. So there's, there's weeds, um, quote unquote weeds and, you know, plants growing everywhere. And, um, we have a lot of burdock, which is a, a root. Um, it's a burr, the burdock, those like, um, fuzzy, like sticky burrs that if you're ever walking through a park or the woods, they like stick to your clothes and you could like grab them and throw them at people and they stick to their clothes. It could be like a fun activity. If you're on a a walk in the woods and you find some burdock, (laughs) Um, but the, the root is really nourishing. And I was, um, and it's a really grounding, uh, spiritual herb as well. Um, and I was heart like t- I'm always talking to my herbs when I'm when I'm harvesting them, especially wild crafting and thanking them and maybe singing a song or giving offering some water. Um, and like, I was harvesting burdock, and it was like, um, fry me up in butter. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I brought it inside, I scrubbed it off the burdock root and fried it up in some butter, and it was the most delicious thing i've had in forever it was like i don't know it just like told me to have a snack and i did and it was wait delicious. Well, so what does it taste like
0: because i know there's like gorgeous. burdock i know that there's like in 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 teas and burdock you know like yeah. but i don't know yeah so what did it what does it taste like for it's in fried like, and butter it's kind
1: of like potatoy, like yeah um a mild mild flavor but really good I made it crispy so it was like french fry like burdock french fries
0: (laughs) so how are your how are your kids so you're raising your children in this environment and you know how are they uh, like because how old are your children I have three my son's 13 and my girls are 10 and 8 are they receptive to the healing uh, powers of nature? Or are they like what are their what are their thoughts on all the, the <laughs> their In, farmer parents? <laughs> they have different levels of
1: engagement with the farm. I'd say my son's like a really good chicken catcher. If we ever need like help catching a chicken, he's he's on point. Um my, and my girls are my my middle one loves the flowers, so she's more into the flowers. My youngest is um she's probably the most helpful and interested um but they're always outside so like we uh we don't push them into getting involved it's just kind of more organic so they know um they talk about like how our how our vegetables taste different from like grocery store vegetables so like they can notice they notice the difference in the quality of food and even just the flavor of of vegetables like when we have to um buy you know spinach from the store um occasionally (laughs) they're like they notice the difference they're like this doesn't even taste like spinach so i think through in in that way they're they're experiencing it but we don't we don't like drag them into projects if they're not interested we just let it kind of let them gravitate towards what they're interested to interested in
0: on the farm um well in in brief if if can you just explain why the store-bought spinach might taste different than the homegrown spinach?
1: Yeah, it could be uh, the so the time between the harvest and when it gets to your table. So if your spinach is coming from California and you live on the East Coast, that's going to be several days before uh, or maybe even a week after the har- the spinach is harvested before it gets to your plate um so in that process uh food especially vegetable freshly harvested vegetables can lose nutritional value and nutritional um value is tasty so when you first harvest something it's going to have the most uh vitamin content um and then over time that vitamin content's going to dissipate um but those vita- vitamins and um phytonutrients and uh phytochemicals are what give veggies the flavor um and the longer you store something the less tasty it tastes
0: yeah it's so interesting like having you know strawberries during strawberry season at the farmer's market versus you know strawberries in from the grocery store it's like strawberries from the grocery store can be gross (laughs) gross <laughs> yeah. or any product you know what i mean like not all produce you know, i don't i don't solely buy my produce from the farmer's market but i i love it so much and i you know go as often as i can um but so you know when we when you and i spoke um recently i was just i said something like oh my gosh you know i live in new york city and there's just you know I don't know if I just said like there's no nature here or something and you said something so um hopeful and beautiful you said like there's nature everywhere so can you just uh, help remind us about that even those of us who live in a really big uh, concrete jungle <laughs> and who are who are searching for um connection and um and meaning and and understand how much our environment literally like the earth and our, just our environment Um, and nature can be healing and bring us closer to our purpose. Can you just, how do we help, (laughs) help us, Carolyn, (laughs) help me. (laughs) I think about like, so
1: when I think about a concrete jungle, I think about um, you're walking down the street and you spot you may you may not spot it cuz you're not paying attention cuz you're on, you're going from thing to thing, right? But like pay attention. Next time you're out you're walking to work or wherever you're wherever you're going and find a weed growing through a crack in the sidewalk. That's your connection. It's everywhere. Like how powerful is that little weed, that little plant? Like find the power in that plant. Like that just was able to sprout through a sidewalk. That's getting trampled on, and like it, you know, it's like not a nourishing place. But nature's still there. Like it's nature finds a way, right? Like that's a that's my favorite quote from Jurassic Park. Uh, <laughs> nature finds a way. So find a way to like notice where where plants are, and um, I don't know. Reflect on that for a minute.
0: Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. I was home, um, last month, uh, in Minneapolis and, and it is such a difference, you know, whenever I leave New York and just seeing the trees and the foliage and, you know, um, versus having to go to prospect park in Brooklyn or that's more, or I other parks, but, um, or, you know, if you're in Manhattan central park, but you know, there is, there is, there are those, you know, there's opportunities for that. But I love the idea of, 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 you know, acknowledging that little weed is like, move over, cement. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I'm here now. I'm here. <laughs> and a lot of times they're like medicinal plants, like a dandelion is like, like medicinal is such a medicinal, wonderful plant for your liver, for, for your salads. Like there, I mean, I would not recommend picking a dandelion out of the sidewalk and putting it, in a- <laughs> but I'm just saying like, it's like truly medicine can, can be growing out of the sidewalk and just, yeah, just reveling in that. Like, that's like a miracle.
0: I love it. We need to, I need to plan a visit to <laughs> Dreamland. We <Well>, <laughs> you have to come back. We didn't even talk about like the whole us and NTP,
1: but that was so cool. Just you the nutritional therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss, I miss those those days.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm just like my mom, I'm just I'm having visions of um just it's just so nice to I'm just grateful for you, and it's so um inspiring and empowering to watch you evolve. you know you and Ken and your family just evolve with this and and I love and you're you know when I talk to people who are um who do grow things? It's literally that's what they say. It's like you just experiment and you just say, okay, I learned that I can't grow pumpkins or I, you know, that's not working. And, and oh God, what life lesson. So it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And so I'm super grateful so I can live vicariously through you. And you know what just popped into my brain? Remember so many years ago that you, <laughs> there's somewhere at Years ago, deep on my Instagram, there's a picture of this zucchini that is like literally the size of my forearm that I yeah. that I took from your farm. <laughs> <laughs> um so if there's anyone who's listening in that's in Pennsylvania that wants to like take one of your classes or you know, or get 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 in on it, you know, on on the on the reaping the benefits of of your farming and the and the fresh produce in 2024. How is that possible? How do we? I mean of course it's possible. How how can we like how yeah. can they find you?
1: Yeah, just Dreamland Farmstead wherever you are. So on Instagram, on Facebook, on um our websites just dreamlandfarmstead.com. So no tricky spelling just <laughs> dreamland farmstead
0: farmstead so, um <laughs> so what what i'll do you know when is is uh i mean this we're recording in advance but i definitely want to post a bunch of pictures of your farm on on um instagram mm. and on facebook so um so then people can check check that out and just I'll send you thoughts. yeah just witness the beauty so um so that will be awesome but you know what's? i'm i'm curious so I'm curious what your thoughts are. So the podcast is called positively anti-inflammatory and so happy that you're here. Thank you so much.
1: I'm so happy that you brought me here, by the way. So you're amazing. And I cannot believe this is episode 153. You are an rock star. So I just love you. And I I love you for inviting me on. So thank you so much. Thank
0: you. But I'm curious. I'm curious what you think that, what does positively anti-inflammatory mean to you? What does that mean? Oh, my gosh. Uh, what does that mean to me?
1: That means, hmm, hold on, it's coming. That means not letting anything stand in your way of doing what's right for you. So whether that's your thoughts, your, the food you're feeding yourself, your, and how you're approaching your day, um, just, yeah, just making, making the best
0: of whatever situation you have. I love it. What I don't know. What'd you say? No, I'm just, I just was curious. Um, cause I think it can mean, you know, could anyone, you know, can, it's up up for interpretation, you know, I think that I, and I, you know, yeah, I just was curious. I'm like, I wonder what Carolyn thinks about.
1: <laughs> I think it, yeah. It's like, it's like just making, it's making the best of, of your, your food, of your food choices, of your, the way you're thinking of, of like how you're moving through your day. It's, I don't know. I think it's a, it's, a, it can be a lot of things, but I think it's, uh I, I love the name.
0: Thank you. I love it too. I mean, I think what you said is, is, is spot on because it really is about this holistic approach, um, that, that, you know, and I know that you believe this too, but nutrition is so healing and so important, but there's, there's also so much more that brings about, um, health and wellness. And, you know, I think that, you know, even with that, like we talked about that connection with nature and then recognizing how that, um, that, you know, nature, what did you say? That nature finds a way or, you know, that, um, just, just that it, it also, there's this, the, the seasons change and nature's all, it takes its time and how there are just those beautiful lessons that will, like, we are here on this earth and, it's it can be a lifelong journey too for us to slow down and really connect and learn that and everyone's on their own particular path and journey and at a different point in their life and sometimes we're more connected and sometimes we're not but um but i think that you know like i think that i really like to help cultivate just like an openness and that what if you know expansive like energy of possibility um to uh, just engage with with just our lives in a in just a very holistic way and um and i have really struggled um with with the feeling lack of connection with nature in new york and um so i appreciate the reminder that you know that yeah there are trees on my block for sure you know and i'm and i'm and there are other and and even different down the block farther there's even more trees and there's and it's so beautiful and you know um but not taking that for granted and not thinking like oh i just live in brooklyn and you know but really you know expressing that gratitude and connecting with what is here and 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 connecting
1: yeah and even like Learning what kind of trees are planted there, like what yeah. even what tree are you? Tree, like what are you? <laughs> you know, just yeah, I just, you're so right. Just taking that intentional pause. It's like you were you like you were talking about um, the holistic. You isn't just food. It's not just your thoughts, but it's like those intentional pauses on all of it, and being intentional and and maybe like at some times in your life you're gonna be more focused on food and less on like working out, um, or vice versa. Like it's not always a perfect balance. Um, but being intentional with like bringing it all all together as much as, as much as you can.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And not That's feeling true. bad about it. Like just kind of don't, there's no
0: guilt in any of it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, unfortunately, we feel the guilt, but but let's okay. let's 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 let go. Let's say bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> see you later, see, see you later. <laughs> um. Anything else you want to share as we're wrapping up?
1: I don't know. We covered a lot of ground, and I'm sure there's like so much more we can say. I mean, but-
0: there is, an and you know, maybe like <clears throat> next year you could have come back because I'm actually really curious just to hear. Um, it's just fascinating the, to learn more about soil, honestly, and agriculture and just the different farming. Um, because I think really when we can recognize how important that is, then, then it's just, I don't know. I just, I think that's that, that for educational purposes, it's just, um, I think it's really beneficial just kind of like learning about the future of our, you know, food system and, you know, um.
1: And I just touched yeah. like super high level and probably didn't do it justice with my ramblings. But if we, if I come back, I would, and you want to talk more about like farming, then I would definitely want to bring my husband because he's like the man.
0: He's the man. Yeah. <laughs> we teach a lot of classes together. So that's so fun. Yeah. How cool is it that, I mean, because when you guys first, I mean, because you guys have been together a long time, right? A long time. Yep. So I mean when you first met were you both I mean could you like was there I mean obviously there's a connection and an alignment with like values but it just it's isn't it so cool how relationships can evolve and you both are just committed to yeah being we're your just, own yeah. food and like cultivating community and connection through nature and and through food Yes it's a very we have a very
1: special relationship in that way. Like, yeah, all of our values are aligned for sure. And that helps a lot, but we also just like to have fun together. So our classes are very fun. Um, oh we, my God, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyone in Pennsylvania, right. you gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on down to dreamland farmstead. Um, <laughs> Carolyn, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so, so much for being here and for just sharing your love and your passion. And um, definitely look forward to having you back in 2024. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Well, there you have it. My friend Carolyn Murata, finding healing through nature. I am so grateful for the conversation we had, and I really hope that you found it inspiring and motivating and educational as well. And I just love the reminder for us that nature doesn't rush. Nature doesn't rush. And I will put a link to connect with Carolyn on the, in the show description, her website, where you can, even if you're not in Pennsylvania, you can follow her on Facebook or Instagram, follow the farm and it's super fun. (laughs) And until next week, say something nice to yourself, slow down when you eat and say yes to rest. Hey, if what you're hearing resonates with you, I created a free resource just for you, Anti-Inflammatory Living, The Essential Guide. To get your free copy, head over to guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com. That's guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com to receive your free Anti-Inflammatory Living, The Essential Guide.